This is the I Want to Go Fast Racing Podcast, episode number three, Daytona Road Course Week. great states of Michigan, Tennessee, and Texas. This is the I Want to Go Fast Racing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Justin Henrich, Justin White, and Josh Wilbur. Welcome, everybody, to episode number three. This is the Daytona Road Course Week. We've just got some exciting news coming up, some exciting results. The Cup Series just finished a few minutes ago. But to my left, hopefully on your screens, is the one and only Justin Henrich. Hello. Underneath me, the one and only Josh Wilbur. I'm not frozen. He's not frozen anymore. Texas had a massive snowstorm and, of course, just me. Justin White. <laughs> yeah, how, Justin, how are things going down you. there in um, Texas, Josh? Oh, it's uh, it's amazing how the weather can go from negative one to fifty six degrees in just two days. So you're in more like would it be a little central, lower central? Technically, we're considered central Texas. Yes, I'm right in between Austin and San Antonio. Okay, but you were at least lucky enough to keep power. You lost water for six days, but now you're back. Yep, had uh, had got we're lucky enough to keep power, and I think that's because we live close to a hospital. But we had no water until yesterday, about five o'clock. So I finally got the shower last night, and I got to do laundry. So yay! You know, I was I was thinking, you know, how NASCAR likes to do southern races um, at the beginning of the year just because of bad weather, and obviously Texas isn't there. But I bet they never would have thought of Texas as a place they have to avoid because of winter weather. From everything I was told, this is the worst winter storm the Texas has had in over 30-some-odd years. Well, if we were running a traditional type of schedule, te- you know, Texas would be one of the next races on the list right now. So. <laughs> and we had to delay Texas because of snow. What? Yeah, no, everybody would be like, what? <laughs> it's, it's funny because the uh, Texas Motor Speedway kept putting uh, Facebook updates up and showing the, the track covered in snow. And they're like, what should we run here? And people are like snow do- or, uh, snowmobiles. And I was like, well, get some uh, get some Siberian Huskies and have a musky race or a husky Close race. Mush. Mush. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, they got a 35 dog pile up on the outer lane. <laughs> what were the, the dogs with that the sled with that come in for new for new blades or something? I don't know what they do on their pit stops, but yep, new blades. And give the dog some water. Maybe a dog change. <laughs> dog change. There we go. But, well, Josh, we're glad that you uh, survived the cold winter weather and you're able to podcast with us today. Yeah, yes, as the people down here have called it, Snowvid. We survived Snowvid of 2021. Yay. Well, no Indy or uh, Indy car racing yet to our Formula Un. So let's start off again with another great week of NASCAR. Yeah. 
And a great week it was, too. Man, Daytona just has not disappointed, whether it be the super speedway or the road course. Um, just quick note, there were no ARCA races this week. Uh, the next ARCA race is going to be the ARCA Menards East Series, and they will be racing on February 27th at Pensacola, Pensacola 200, so at Five Flags Speedway. So there will be some ARCA racing um, again, coming up at the end of the, the week. Can't that believe we're almost... a really neat racetrack, by the way, down there. That's where they run the Snowball Derby. Is it? Awesome. Yeah, they go to some cool little racetracks, the Arca Menard Series does. So, And um, that'll be on s- Saturday. So, well, All right. Well, let's finish up with, uh, with the second half of Daytona. They did the Super Speedway, and then they're on to the road course. And that Daytona road course is something else. And we'll start out with the truck series. So they had their race on Friday night. And it was really nice to come home and get to watch the race. I was pretty excited. So we'll go through the the results here. They ran like, what, 75% of it in the rain, didn't they? It started off in the rain, which is always interesting. That's what I like about road courses. You don't have to worry about there being any delays for hours and hours because... If it's raining, they just put on the rain tires, put that little windshield wiper to work, and go. And some, Honestly, I think they should do that at all courses. I'm guessing. With the, with, with the speeds they carry, it's almost near impossible. On the old. Yeah, still be fun right? to watch. <laughs> but, um, no, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And they also have these flashing yellow lights that they put in the back that turn on during the rain, too, so that way you can kind of see um, what's ahead de- of you. Defrost, too, which is just heat only, but they do have defrost. Yep, so, but no, the first, I'd say maybe at least third of it was in the rain. And then what's interesting is listening to, you know, the drivers and their crews deciding, all right, do we come in, are we going to switch to slicks or not? You know, because they get better grip when the, with the slicks when the track is dry. And as it starts to dry, the rain tires will eat up really fast too. So there's a lot of and strategy that, and thinking. Yeah, NASCAR only throws the caution flag once for rains, and it's after that point. It's it, after that point. It's the cut team's decision to put on rain tires or slicks at any moment at that point. Yep. In that case, it started out in rain, so it was it was easy choice for them to start with. But um, but yeah, the uh, the truck race was great. There was definitely a lot of bumping and banging and a a lot of cautions. I, I want to say we went to what triple overtime <laughs> in the yep. truck race, which was amazing. Yeah. I mean, barely just, won the triple overtime. Yeah, yeah, I barely did go to triple overtime. We we're within a hundred, almost a hundred feet, and the last caution was thrown, and they had to go to one more overtime. Uh, however, number ninety-nine of Ben Rhodes, he finished in first, and he definitely had to earn it. I'm sure he was getting a little worried because I, I think they were starting to run a little short on fuel too. Back to back. Yep, back to back. Ben Rhodes. Um, it's kind of funny because he. <laughs> Listening to him on the radio, he, he's getting a little heated. But then once he won, man, he was speechless. Like, yeah. So, uh, number two, Sheldon Creed, defending series champion. Um, and third was John H. Nemechek. And fourth was Todd Gilliland. Um, and fifth was Riley Erbst. And then number six, a personal favorite of mine, Matt Crafton. So, he, uh, he had an up-and-down race, but to get a top ten, I feel, is pretty good. Um, he's normally pretty good at road courses, but he had never driven in the rain, so that's kind of a, a new experience for a veteran. 
And then in seventh place was Derek Cross. And number in eighth place was Kaz Grala. Ninth, Timmy Hill. Woohoo! I always like to see Timmy Hill do good. And in tenth was Christian X. So that rounds out your top ten right there. And uh, yeah, solid, solid couple races for Ben Rhodes. So he's off to a a good start, that's for sure. And then Sheldon Creed's obviously doing good, but again, I I think he's gonna he potentially may repeat. I still like to see Matt Crafton win it all, but we shall see what happens. And then throughout the race, um, I've been I have that app, the NASCAR app, where you can listen in on different radios. So naturally, I was listening to Haley Deegan's radio, and it's really interesting her her spotter and crew chief and all that just do an amazing job like because you know this is her first year so they're more than just spotting stuff but kind of coaching her and all that and I was really impressed and she was doing great she was up there almost in the, I think in the top 10 but unfortunately like the last overtime um a tire went down so it's unfortunate but you know what she definitely learned a lot so so that's a good thing um, I'm not not to interrupt you, but if you, if anybody's watching and they have any questions that they would like to ask, just hit us up in the comments down there, and we'll try to I'll try to take a look and answer them, or you know, ask them here as we go along. You were you you know I'm a I'm a fan of Haley Deegan like you are, but I gotta say I was really impressed with the number 51 Parker Chase. That kid is 19 years old. He turns 20 tomorrow on February 22nd. He's from right down the road for me in new Braunfels, texas oh nice so you got a neighbor racing he was driving in the top 10 most of the race until near the end um and a couple other notes too though i just this is just a personal fave of mine but um the number three truck was sponsored by it was a mac and cheese truck it literally said like mac and cheese on the side and, I love mac and cheese. Yeah, I, I, that was awesome because I have the taste palate of a 12-year-old, and besides pizza, mac and cheese is like my favorite food. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that is awesome. They even have that on the sponsor thing, his sponsor, I Heart Mac and Cheese Chevrolet. Yep. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. Um, another interesting thing was the number two car, Sheldon Creed. Uh, he won the championship last year. Um, had no sponsors on it. So how often do you see the championship driver not have a sponsor? Uh, I think he did it on purpose to try to, you know, make a stand like, hey, I, you know, I'm open to some new sponsorship. But I just thought that was really interesting because he's a really good driver. So it's not it's not cheap to run these tracks or take the take the teams. I know they did back to back weekends, but they like the haulers, the the cars and whatnot, they literally took them things back to their shop and then turned around and put the road course truck vehicles on it and took them all the way back to Daytona. So, um, and then flying those teams in and out too, you know, tire changers, gas man, jack man, all that good stuff. That's not, not cheap at any means. Yep. And then, um, the other interesting thing, like I said, I was listening to, to Haley's radio uh, for that race and just listening to different things like, you know, as the track started to dry up and they had the rain tires on, the water temperature started going up because the heat off the rain tires was causing the water temp to go up. So that was something I never thought of. And hence, they did eventually come in and switch to the slicks. Or the other thing is, is how they have brake. They have fans on the brakes that they turn on and off strategically because you don't, you want the brakes to have some heat in them so they work good. But if they heat up too much, then 
they stop, you know, they stop working at the pump them. Yep. So all this strategy that you never even think of. And it was just interesting listening to her talk to her crew chief about, you know, when do I turn on the fans for the brakes and stuff like that. So, yeah, because the, the you know, car, these trucks and stuff run on like your traditional vehicle. They're, they're what, you know, water cooled. So if there's not enough heat evaporation to help cool the water in the radiator, they're going to overheat. So, you know, too much hot water hanging on the radiator from the rain tires will keep it hotter than what it's supposed to. Yep. Even the fact they have fans for their brakes, it's just crazy. But a road course, you, you need to keep those brakes cool because you use them a bunch. But, the, uh, the real cool thing about watching the the truck race and the Xfinity series, you could see those brakes just glowing red every time they went into a turn. Especially at nighttime. Crazy. It's there a clash, even, there too. There were, like, flames coming out of the gosh darn Xfinity cars. Yeah. They, um, the, the typical brake pad is, you know, usually, you know, on your car is usually about an inch and a half, two inches thick. On these things, when they go, they can bring them things. They're like four inches per brake pad when they go to a road course. When they go somewhere like a super speedway, they're even, they're like a, an inch thick on the super speedways because they don't need that much braking power. They just need to stop during um, pit stops. So it's it's amazing some of the technology they use. Yep. But no, they definitely, especially towards the end of the race, when all the cautions came out, they got aggressive, which one caution leads to another, leads to another. Race so. later, too. I'll be done in just a minute. But, uh, all right, so that was the uh, the truck series. Justin, what happened with Xfinity? All right, so Xfinity. They did it at the road course as well. Um, there's <laughs> Me and Justin Hendricks had a little bit of a discussion at the end of the first stage. Um, I thought... My driver was being a decent driver, and then Justin thought his driver was just racing for position, but we we had a little bit of an indifference with that. I thought that Ding, all, J, A.J. Allmendinger was just um, maintaining his stage win, but Austin Sendrick thought he needed to come up underneath him and turn him. So at the end of stage one, believe it or not, Austin Sendrick won stage one with A.J. Allmendinger not even finishing in the top 10 of the stage. Well, he was leading coming to last 300 feet. Um, I watched that replay a couple of times, and I'm, yeah, I'm not too. Well, here's what I saw from my point of view. I just realized that my my mic was muted, so my bad. (laughs) Um, Going back over it again, uh, stage one, AJ Allmendinger and Austin Sendrick were. Uh, We can hear you. Well, for some reason on the Facebook, it was muted, so my fault. Um. Austin was lit. It was behind AJ. AJ was trying to maintain, maintain the first position. Austin got up underneath him off of the, uh, uh, chicane. I mean, I'm talking like very off of him. Austin's going pushed the issue, turned AJ Allmendinger, sent him into the front, uh, gra- wet grass area and tore the front of AJ Allmendinger's car apart. So yeah, I, I thought AJ was maintaining. I thought Austin center was pushing the issue. Justin Hendricks is on Cindric's side. I'm on the dinger side. So Cause yeah, what I saw was they were definitely racing for that stage win, but Austin Sindrick was already starting to get underneath him, and then Almendinger decided to start to go down the track to try to block him. But the problem was you couldn't block him because he was already there. And Austin Sindrick did go down the track with him, but then once he started getting towards the grass, he was not going to um go into the grass. So that's why he ended up getting turned. I see it the other way. I see Austin Sindrick shove his nose underneath there and made AJ Allmendinger get a little bit loose and made him bounce up the track, which physics brought him back down underneath Sindrick or down on top of Sindrick. So it's a racing deal. I think Sindrick was pushing the issue. 
Almendinger may have been blocking a little bit, but it's it's racing. So, neither one, anyway. neither one were happy about it. <laughs> I think no, we can all agree, though the the real loser in that one was Riley Herbst. Yeah, who, he he tried who, to avoid it. Who tried to avoid it? Went through the grass and pretty much destroyed his car, and wasn't even able to compete anymore after that. Nope. So cool. that it it add, the stage racing adds excitement. To it these, does. It really does. Races. So it's not typically you don't have that type of excitement. So. What anyway, else? So we'll do the final final standings. We'll start with the storyline, the Cinderella story of the whole night, which was on. It happened on Saturday. You know, last night at five o'clock was Ty Gibbs won the race. And Ty Gibbs if is the grandson of Joe Gibbs, and I think if I remember correctly, he is the son of Joe Gibbs' son who passed away of cancer. If I think if I remember that correctly, oh, I did not know that. But it's it really a storybook type of finish so anyways he finished first he had austin center second but like you know front half of his race car was missing i know that was amazing how well he raced missing like part of yeah. his race car and he had to go all the way through the field to get back up there too that guy is he did, he's, yes. he's good he has some serious talent he does have talent um daniel hamrick finished third brendan jones finished fourth jeb burton fifth harrison burton sixth and for those keeping count all four Joe Gibbs cars finished in the top six, which is impressive. Um, seventh was Miguel Pluto, which is a driver for JR Motorsports. Eighth was Brandon Brown. Ninth was Justin Haley. And tenth was Jeremy Clements. But, um, yeah, when Ty Gibbs, when Ty Gibbs won, that, that was pretty awesome. And it was really funny because apparently he didn't really know how to do a burnout <laughs> and he tried to do some burnouts and then he decided he would go do donuts in the grass and got stuck. <laughs> and then he was nowhere near like the start finish line where they normally interview. So like all the people that from um, Fox that do the interview were like sprinting down. And so when they interviewed him, you could tell they were a little out of breath. It was, it was yeah, funny. Kudos to them for making that run. <laughs> that was impressive. So I do have to say, though, because uh, Ty Gibbs also won the stage two, and right after that, they they went into his car to listen to his communications with his crew chief, and he started asking his crew chief for peanut butter crackers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is well, funny. I mean, he is, he is like 18, 19 years old, so that would explain a lot. Hey, when you're hungry, you're hungry, right? I need that power. I need that energy. I need that power. Yep. So, but it was, that was another really good race. You know, came down to the very end. Uh, I thought uh, Ty Gibbs, he was super fast. I wasn't sure if he'd be able to hold off um, Austin Sindrick or not, but with that damage to the car, he, he definitely was. He made some he made some daredevil moves there in the last restart because they went into overtime, and I think they went into two overtimes. They had to go get fuel because they were running out, and, man, he did some dive bombing into the grass, and he, he, made, he made some kind of butt-clenching moves, but... It worked out for him. And then yeah, for, I think that race was only supposed to be what fifty laps, I think. Yeah, none of the races laps. all these races look short when you see the amount of laps, but they take a long time because I mean the laps take forever to do because it's a whole road course. But well, I think yeah, they said the track's yeah, like three point some odd miles. Yeah, yeah I know in the trucks it takes at least minute fifty eight seconds to get around there. So the Xfinity cars go a little bit faster and cups I think are a minute fifty, minute forty, something like that. So you're talking almost two minutes per lap, which is double I mean that's like triple the time like in in, in the Daytona five hundred they were going around once a minute basically in the in the cup car. So yep. um it's interesting. And then for all you Earnhardt fans out there, Jeffrey Earnhardt got a top thirty. 
Yeah, he had an issue that the TV, the TV broadcast didn't pick up. Looks like he dove it off in there in turn one and actually scooped up a bunch of grass. And with these cars being so low to the ground, it's nothing like a bulldozer. It just ta- it just literally takes the grass with it. I think we mentioned that last week. And then uh, AJ Allmendinger ended up finishing thirty fifth. Yeah, and he then was like thirteen laps down, they put that car back together as best they could. And then this was this was heartbreaking for me. Um, Natalie Decker made her Xfinity debut when someone ran into her in like the first two laps and cracked the transmission, which started leaking. So, even though the damage didn't look near as bad as like a bunch of other cars had, she couldn't keep going because the transmission was leaking. I mean, no. and it wasn't even her fault. Some guy person just ran right into her, and so I feel bad for her because. Can you imagine how hard she worked to get this ride and sponsor? She's all excited, and someone hits her out of the race in, like, the first lap or two. Yeah, you can't change the engine or the transmission after the race starts. So if they go, you're done. Now, you can change the rear end. You can change all that stuff. It didn't really matter. But if the engine or the transmission goes, you're out. You're done. And especially if it's caused by an, an accident. Now, if your transmission goes just because... You can go get that replaced because you're not on the five minute caution clock. But if it's caused because of a wreck, you got five minutes to fix your car. If you can't get it fixed, you're out of there. DNF. Yep. Oh heck, you can race with half your car missing. Yeah. As as you can get it fixed within that five minute window. And the thing, the five minute window starts when the, you know, like as soon as you hit pit road and start working on it. But then after that, if you start racing under green again, it resets. And then you get an additional five minutes to work on it, but you got to make a few green fag laps before the, the clock restarts for you. Yep. No, there was no fixing that. I just felt felt for her, but that's okay. She's got more races she'll be able to do, including um her hometown road course in Wisconsin. So, because she's actually uh, she does road racing, so she she's actually pretty good at road racing. So I was excited, but she never really got the opportunity, unfortunately. But that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes sometimes. Yep. So, but yeah, it was an exciting Saturday night in Xfinity. I another race I really enjoyed. Another race that came down to the wire. I always love it when, you know, you don't know who's gonna win until the last lap. Like sometimes you don't know until they cross the finish line. But all right, so that was Xfinity. Now let's move on to the Cup Series that just took place just a little while ago. That was another uh, entertaining race. Unlike the other two, though, this one did not come down to an overtime. No, it would be kind of interesting. Almost felt like it. <laughs> it did almost feel like it the way there was a little bit of rain there. mixed in there too. Just Plus, a there was a, a late <laughs> caution. So, yeah. So your winner and first time winner, uh, Christopher Bell, took the win. Woohoo! I love seeing first time winners. Like it's just so I feel so happy for them, um, especially since I, you I know you. I'm going to say, since I've, I've watched them, you know, the last couple of years, some of these drivers that you're like, man, are they ever going to win a race? And then they finally do, and you just feel so happy for them. Now, obviously, Christopher Bell is pretty young, so last year was his first year. So, But it's still, it's just really exciting. Um, I was I impressed. Did, well, no, no, this is his second year. He was with uh, Bob Levon Racing last year. Yeah, last year was his first year, and this is his second yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was he was technically running Joe Gibbs equipment, but not in the Joe Gibbs stable. So it's a big difference running good equipment out of the Joe Gibbs stable. I do think it's interesting though that we've had two official races and two first time back to back winners. Yeah. I think the last time that happened was ninety three. I think they said on the radio. Really makes you wonder about next week's fantasy race. <laughs> it's making me second guess some of my picks. It's a real race next week, guys. 
Well, I know I'm talking about our fantasy. Though, I know. Up later. <laughs> All right. So continuing with the top 10, Joey Logano finished second. Denny, it's not pajamas. Ham, Hamill. Blech. Hamlin? I shouldn't have tried to give him a nickname like no pajamas. It's not pajamas. Denny Hamlin finished third. We'll call him PJ. Pajama man. There you go. Kurt Bush finished fourth, which is amazing because there was, he went flying through the grass at one point and ended up back he did. in the 20s. <laughs> it was impressive. Yep. He luckily didn't nose that thing off in there and dig it in like a bulldozer. I thought he was going to because he went through the grass for quite a distance. And it was wet. You could see how dark and dark uh, black soil was. I knew he that he ruined the front of that engine or race car. I knew he did. Fifth place was equally impressive. Yeah, fifth place was Brad Kislowski. Because he was also he was, all over the place from getting spun. He's the to... only current cup champion to have not won a road course. Just an FYI. Well, like, he was spun all different times today. He had so many issues to end up in a top five. It was funny when they interviewed him because they asked, and he's like, I don't know how I did it. I'll have to watch the replays on Fox, which did great coverage today. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Harvick came in sixth. Justin Hendrich's fantasy pick, A.J. Allmendinger, came in seventh. He had quite the race. Um, yep, he was in the front and the back and the front and the back. He was the in the front, but then he took a penalty, I believe, and had to go to the back of the line. Then he started. Speeding. Then he started working his way back up, and then he got a flat tire, and with like ten laps to go. But thankfully, a caution came out for something else, so he was able to limp around and go pit with everyone. And then he just drove like a madman those last like eight or nine laps and made it from like 34th all the way up to seventh, like incredible. And, and I when was, he lost the tire, he's lucky he didn't tear that back into that car off. Oh, I know. So lucky. It was interesting listening to them talk about it too. And whether they come in now or wait and like, I'm going to, I'm going to tear it up probably, but I'm going to come around pit with everyone. And it worked. Um, there was, <laughs> so let's see between Friday listening to Haley Deegan and then listening to Natalie Decker and Austin Sindrick's crew, and then Ryan Blaney's, and then the A.J. Allmendingers. A.J. Allmendingers was the, the one crew that <laughs> they definitely um, were explicit. <laughs> PG-13, at least. It just kind of cracked me up how different. Not, yeah, some of these radios are not very clean, that's for sure. No, which is fine. It's just funny how proper some are. And, the like, the truck series with Haley, it's almost more like a teaching to where, like, with A.J. Allmendinger, it felt like a bunch of friends just, <laughs> you know, hanging out, helping each other out, and yelling some F-bombs or whatever. Now, if you want to listen to a clean radio, the eighth position of Michael McDowell will probably be your best spot to listen to some clean clean, That's correct. clean race material. I should have listened to his. He, he's such a good guy. He did not start at the race good at all. I because he was mine and Justin White's pick for fantasy, and I was, I was kind of regretting that pick after three laps. He dove it down off in there and locked the brakes up on that right front, and I didn't think he was going to get it free. And then he started coming back into the traffic, and I'm like, oh boy. And I think that tire, tire, yeah, I think that tire went down before he even started the race. To be honest with you, is that how he went down off in there? There's he just, I think it was already flat. The thing about these races, especially the any Daytona race, I guess whether it's a road course or the super speedway, is like anything can happen. So when your driver's doing really good halfway through the race, you can't feel too good about yourself because you just don't know what's going to happen. Look at Chase Elliott. Or the opposite. Uh, we'll get to him in a minute. Your guy's doing really bad, 
But, you know, he can make it up, especially if he's in the back and all these cautions come out and he slowly just passes cars as they spin out. So Daytona is definitely road course, super speedway. It doesn't matter what configuration. Anything can happen. And then number nine, I'm going to butcher his last name. I apologize, Ryan Priest. I don't think you butchered it. Oh, I said it right? Sweet. That's right on the money. And then rounding out the top ten was the 48 of Alex Bowman. What a good finish for Ryan Priest. Or Alex Bowman. That was pretty impressive right there. Yep, I yeah, have Bowman started in the back. Yep, but for Alex yeah, Bowman, did. I you know he drives the Henrik Forty Eight. I have higher expectations for him. Ryan Priest is you know I don't I don't have as high as expectations for him, and I thought he did really good. Yeah, but when you don't have qualifying and you go from like last week's race results when Bowman got taken out in the first couple of laps, so yeah. he had to start in the rear of the field, a top ten finish is pretty good. Oh, definitely. Top 10 is good for anyone, no matter who you are. Yeah, especially at a road course. So 12th place, Martin Truex Jr. That's actually a pretty good comeback for him because he was doing really good and got spun out in the front. Uh, speaking of spinning out, we have Chase Elliott finishing in 21st. And he led, well, how many laps did he lead? He led a good portion of that race. Probably over half the laps, I would imagine. Yeah, he dominated he, he... The, the first stage. I think the problem was he had uh, two rough pit stops. One, they had a problem with a tire, and then I think the other was just a little slow, and it just got him enough to be, instead of you know coming in first, coming out like fifth or sixth, and then once you're in that big mass of cars, it's just harder to, to move around. And Yeah, he had a really good save, though, when he went out into the grass once. Like, he almost hit, like... Um, a little wall cement wall barrier thing, and he somehow saved it and made it back on. But he got spun at the very end. He led 44 of those laps, Did it he? looks like. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I'm, my ad blocker is being a little difficult right now. Yeah, he led 44 of those laps of the of the total 70. So, I mean, he, he dominated it. Yep. So it's kind of a heartbreaker, but that's okay. I think, I think a little bit of adversity for him at the beginning of the season is good. He's going to make him run a little bit harder, a little bit more cleaner, and I guarantee you he'll be there at the end of, at the end of this year. And finishing in 26th was the 23 of Bubba Wallace. I wonder if Michael Jordan's starting to regret his driver decisions just yet. Ah, the season's still young. So 22nd, Anthony Alfredo. Not a bad finish for the rookie. I just Kyle like his Bush last name. Kyle Bush finished 35th. Kyle Larson <laughs> finished in 30th. Hey, Timmy Hill, top 30. Woo. Well, Kyle hey. Larson went to, he was up to the front in like the last couple laps, went to make a move and just totally messed it up and bam, into the wall. Same thing with Austin Dillon. He was towards the front. And so was Chase Briscoe there for a little while. But did you see what happened to Chase Briscoe? No. Um, Are you referring to having the hood? The backside. Oh, yeah, the hood. Yeah, he's because he, he had damage <laughs> and the hood finally gave out. It's like what you see in the movies, you know, and like a hood just pops up and then all of a sudden it's like, all on your windshield. Like off of Tommy Boy, like where they're driving and the hood just pops up on the windshield. <laughs> that happened to him. He he turned but, a lap somehow he, with it. He he drove pretty good with the hood up, which is kind of amazing. And it was helps him quite a bit. Is there a Clint Boyer or Jeff Gordon who was like, well, NASCAR just says you, you have to have the hood attached. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, the thing interesting in Kyle Busch is that Kyle Busch's crew chief won with Christopher Bell, and Kyle Busch finished 35th. I thought that was kind of interesting because they those two separated at the end of last, you know, in the off season last year. So, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Well, he wasn't 
doing too bad, but then he had an incident, and then at the very end, had another incident. He did have a throwback, though. Um, he had the Interstate Batteries 18, like Bobby Labonte used to have, and I thought that was pretty cool. I like when they do throwbacks to the old days. Yep. I'm waiting for the number five Kellogg's. <laughs> yeah, that'd no, be it's pretty coming. Neat. You know it is, because uh, was it Mother's Day weekend they're doing it? Because yeah, they're racing at Darlington that weekend? Or are they, are they doing... Um, Old throwback schemes? weekend, yeah. Throw, oh, throwback nice. weekend, or yeah, which I think is one of the most interesting parts of, of throwback weekend is they bring in the old broadcasters and kind of let them. So that you know, means broadcast a little while. We'll have the old oh. Jeff Gordon colors in the twenty four, yep. and you'll have the yep. Do you think they'll yep. do lows in the forty eight? It's a good possibility. I mean, it just depends on what. It depends on what the sponsor is going to sponsor the race and what color scheme they're looking for. All these sponsors are on board to go doing something throwback, but it's got to kind of fit within their sponsor scheme. I know that's so why I wonder because they'll they, find something. They got to get money Junior from some did, of these, but yeah, Junior did the uh, Dale Junior did the uh, ghost. Um, what I like to call the ghost um, ghost scheme a couple years ago with Nationwide, and it was a silver top with black bottom. It was a beautiful color. Oh, I see. So they'll color it. They actually couldn't race it. Yeah, they'll color it yeah. like the old one, but might have the new sponsor on there if they can't get the old sponsor. That makes sense. Exactly. So nationwide, you know, normally is a blue top, blue yeah. colored sponsor, but they went with this old school what I like to call the go- Gray Ghost scheme, and I thought it was just an awesome scheme. Of course, Junior couldn't run it at Darlington because he had a um, um, uh, we don't call it concussion. Concussion, yes. That's what we'll call and it. I think we may have lost. There's Mister Hendricks. Oh, I'm still here. Still there? Mm-hmm. I've been here the whole yeah, you're, time. You're frozen. frozen. You're oh, frozen. That's not good. You're frozen. You kind of look like Popeye because you got one eye closed. You know. Yep. Yep. Oh. There he is. Okay, he's back. But, uh, yep, and we have Quinn Hoff, the zero zero finished in last place. I don't think he crashed, though. I think he had a, a, an engine issue or something. But overall, another great and exciting race that came down to the very end. Uh, I think Daytona gave us a really good two weeks of racing. I'm excited we're moving away from Daytona next week, though. Yeah, me too. Yep. Me too, me too. I think next week we're off to... Homestead, Miami, at least for the Cup Series. The truck is... Trucks are off. Trucks are off. Trucks getting off week, and then they will be back um, in Las Vegas... On Friday, March 5th. Let's see here. For Henrich, I think your internet's kind of going in and out because you're you're awfully breaking up. Yeah, you're breaking up on us there, bud. Oh, well, did you hear when the next uh, truck race is? Um, We heard parts of it. The next truck race. Next Friday. Those who didn't hear. The 5th of March. Is March... 5th. 5th of March. Yep, they're Las at, Vegas. at Las Vegas. Yep. The trucks only run like 22 races, I think. Xfinity runs, I think, 26 or 27 races, or is it 30 races? I can't remember. And then, of course, Cup runs 30, the full 36-week schedule. So. Yep, so Xfinity's at Homestead next week with, uh, with the Cup Series. So. Yep. Yep, Saturday at 4.30. Contender Boats 250, Homestead, Miami. And then the Cups, Cup Series runs at 3.30 on Sunday on Fox. Which I really am enjoying Clint Boyer being in the booth. I love their Days of Thunder kind of yes. thing today with uh, Jeff Gordon. That was pretty good. Oh, when they were racing really on the track and the, the two older they cars. And they're actually spinning. The yeah. the cars. That was yep. awesome. No, Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer really complement each other well. Um, 
I'm really enjoying the guys in the booth, and as well as the people on track. They got Rag and Smith out there too, and they're doing I great. There, well, I wonder where Jeff Burton went. He just no way. Jeff Burton's on NBC. Yeah, he's NBC. I enjoy Jeff Burton too. I'm just who, who, who was who was Jeff Gordon's uh, host? Was it who was it last year? Was it Michael? No, it wasn't Michael Waltrip? Was it? Michael Waltrip still does stuff with Fox. I can't remember. I can't remember who was beside Jeff last year. They, they were they were doing it together. I will have to look it up. I don't remember. I know they but, had Joey Logano in the booth for the Xfinity race, and that was pretty yeah, interesting. They've been doing that. Yeah, he, there he did for a, a good while. job. And then Drew Blickensfer, I think, which is the crew chief for Michael McDowell. So, no, that was um, they did a good a good job. Fox is doing a great job. So, but yeah, Joey Logano, I thought did actually really good in the booth. It's just kind of fun having current drivers do some of the other races and hear what they have to say. Yeah, it gives you a better perspective on how they would race the track and stuff. Because you know, some as as you age and get you know retirement, you start losing touch on actually how you drive the car, how they handle. But getting a current guy in there makes a big difference. So, and it's cool that they actually want to come into the booth too and and stuff. So yes, yep, that's what got uh, Clint actually turned on to actually being a broadcaster. So I I know I think he's like I really like this stuff easy <laughs> junior says he's having some of the best times of his life right now he gets all kinds of off time he still gets to be involved in racing he's loving it yeah i, I definitely imagine i listened to his podcast and he was talking about his schedule how what he does and he says he it, it when he does with his kids and his broadcasting schedule and whatnot he usually i races from eight to twelve every night because you know his wife's amy amy's in bed and he's just out well, what do you got to do what do you do? So AI races are made to midnight every every night, which is kind of neat. So, yep, yeah, AI racing is pretty awesome. But yep. all right, well, let's uh, move on to talk a little bit of fantasy racing. I love that opening. <laughs> the sad thing is that is really how Justin Henrich drives his cars. Right. Yes. Pretty much. All right. Well, look at our league quick. And then we'll go over what's coming up this week and um, kind of some drivers that could be good to pick. So in our league, um, Zay picked Ryan Blaney, who ended up finishing in 15th. By the way, for those of you that don't know, Zay is my son. He will be joining us during F1 races because he is our F1 expert. Formula. Uh. <laughs> Formula. Uh. And then my, my brother, Matt, he went with William Byron. Duh, didn't turn out so well for him. A 33rd place finish. Mm. Luckily, he got some stage points, so that helped him out a little bit. He ended up with eight yeah. points total. Um, both Justin White and Josh went with Michael McDowell, who got an eighth-place finish, 29th points. So, Coming off that Daytona 500 victory, you always do better, always do well. I yeah, just, he had a Daytona 500 win and a top-10 finish, so I don't think he's he's high, he's driving pretty high right now. Yeah, he's going to be that way for a few weeks, but once this summer summer stretch kicks in, that's when you really find out what the drivers are really made of because that's a hard stretch. Well, he's off to a good start. He seems to have a good car. I'll probably use him in a road course in the future. But this time I went with A.J. Allmendinger and went with another driver that hasn't raced in the Cup Series Man, for a while. Got and lucky. I got lucky. got a seventh place, uh, 32 points out of him. And then my uh, Chuck went with Corey LaJoy. And he finished 31st, six points. So um, for my dad, he's really consistent, 231st finishes <laughs> in a row. But the season. No, I, I just have to remember not to pick who he picks. Well, yeah. again, and like I was telling my brother, the season's so young right now, though, that, I mean, we're all going to have races where we finish almost dead last. It just happens. So yep. 
But the current standings, Justin White is off to a really good start with 81 points. Um, Zay's in second place, 11 behind him at 70. Josh is in third place, 15 behind at 66. I am in fourth place, um, 61 points, so I'm 20 behind. Uh, Matt is in in fifth place with 14 points, so he's 67 points behind. And my dad Chuck is in last place, 12 points, 69 points behind. They're gonna they're gonna need basically the three of us, me, Justin White, and Zay, to finish dead last in like six races. Oh, that's they're not gonna true. need some luck. That's what we're only two races. In, yeah, just two no, races. Big of, luck. Big luck. Hey, I'm just gonna say anything's possible. I've I've done these type before, and I've seen people anything is possible. Fall, that is so. true. That is possible. I mean, for crying out loud, Texas yep. was frozen for a week, so exactly. anything's possible. Anything's they, possible. They dug themselves a deep hole, but there's nothing that at this point they can't get out of. But all right, true. so the next they're, they're gonna have to start picking out big name guys though. Just yeah, to make just, up because if they keep they keep they, they keep losing points, by the time you're ten or fifteen races in, and you're seventy points behind. That's a hard road to hoe right there. That's a yeah. hard road to hoe. I don't, you just said a hard road to hoe. I don't think they will. <laughs> I don't know. Usually, our, well, clearly the Henrich strategy is a little rough because all three of us all barely add up to Justin White's points, but we usually like to try to pick the lower drivers first and then pick the better drivers towards the end. But That was kind of my strategy for this year because I didn't want to end up being in like the championship race and having to pick... <laughs> Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Or, well, or no offense, Michael McDowell. Well, we have a Michael McDowell. I mean, he's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, but we'll see where he oh, That is true. I guess he's locked in now, isn't he? So is uh, Bell. Yeah, Bell. Bell. I mean, if you finish outside the top 30 or you don't qualify, attempt to qualify for all the races, then you wouldn't be eligible. But um, that won't happen, so. <clears throat> All right, we got Homestead, Miami coming up. So um, there are there are some fantasy people that stick out looking at previous races. Uh, over the last couple of years, Kyle Busch in the last three races has averaged a finish of 3.67. So if you're looking, especially if you're in one of those leagues where you can pick the same drivers every week, Kyle Busch would definitely be a very strong pick. Denny Hamlin would be a strong pick. He likes to run that high line, and he knows how to get around that place. Yep, Denny Hamlin has averaged uh, 7.67. Martin Trucks Jr., also another big name that's done good there. He, he won it last year. Um, they raced it on June the 14th last year, and he won it. So He's, uh, he's averaged course, finished a 5.33. Because Denny Hamlin uh, led 137 laps last year, and then I think the year before he led over 100. He he's he's hard to beat at Homestead. Uh, uh, he's just he's really fast. So, um, Austin Dillon and the RC, RCR car uh, with Tyler, uh, who was it? Tyler Tyler Reddick. Those guys have found some speed as of late last year, yep. so they wouldn't be a bad pick for Homestead See, this year. Tyler Reddick is, is one that I'm considering going with, just because he he did really good last year fourth place and then when i look at xfinity how does he done in the last couple races um he's been there two times and he's won both in xfinity series the last since february 2018 christopher bell's coming off this big win here at the world city world center of racing and he was racing for bob levine racing last year and didn't have top tier equipment he finished eighth 
Yeah. I may go with. I may pick him to to actually do well here this this next week. That's true. That's, that's that you over. got you know, Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick could be some good picks. Not as big of names, but who could do well. Small names. Yep. And then and your then, big names would be like Denny or Chase or even you know Eric Amarola is like your second tier. Kyle Busch would be a good pick. Yep. He he always does well here. For, um, for some reason, the Toyota bunch knows how to get around here. And Kevin Harvick in all 20 races he's done there is average 7.4, um, including a win, 11 top fives, and 17 top tens. So I wouldn't be so much on the Kevin Harvick boat as of the moment. I'd give him a couple more races, and the reason why I say that is because Kevin Harvick struggled at the end of last season, and I don't think he's found his footing yet. So he's going to have to produce some top fives and top tens before I'd even consider him in a fantasy pick in, in any form or fashion. He's he's going through something right now. He had some things in his offseason asking about him retiring, and his wife said, well, she'll tell me when it's time. <laughs> I'm thinking it's coming time, so he might be struggling with some things. So just, just keep that in mind. You know, these guys have real life outside of racing. So I wouldn't pick him until until he starts producing some results. He managed a sixth place finish, and he's not a road course driver. So, let's yeah, well, I mean, like I said, he's uh, that's one, but I I need to see him on an oval because he really, I mean, he he usually doesn't struggle at Martinsville or anywhere. He struggled, and he he was pretty upset. He I thought thought he set the world on fire, but well, he, he's struggling. We'll see what happens. Um, Josh, what are you thinking? What are you, who are you seeing in there for that you might consider picking? You know, it's kind of hard to to it's kind of hard to look at the last few results and think man who's gonna win but i don't know just something's kind of yelling at me about maybe ryan blaney yeah i think he finished top three last year nope then again maybe want to go and pick a big name and try to catch up to justin white there a little bit but we'll see i'm gonna do the jay the the justin henrich method and do a little bit of research and not just go pick right on the right after the last race like i did last time that's why yeah that's what i like to do so look at a few names discuss it and then before the race I do a little for the research and go. This with track it. has progressive banking, and Kyle Larson wasn't there last year. But this progressive banking at the top has more banking than the bottom, and he loves to run that high line like Dale Jr. did. So he he might be a decent pick too. He'll probably run that high line and get a real good run off the corner. So he might be somebody to pick. Yeah, Kyle Larson, seven races he's raced there, has had three top fives, three top See? tens. He averages thirteenth spot. So yep, he, but now he's he got likes the a high line. Five, yeah. He loves a high line. So it'll be it'll be exciting to see, but um, yeah. If I had to, you know, choose like five drivers, three big names and two smaller names, I'd probably go Kyle Busch, um, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Truex Jr., and then Kevin Harvick. So we'll we'll see if that works out. Am I? I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards Blaney, maybe Eric Alamarola. Maybe Tyler Reddick or Christopher Bell. I'm still trying to use the littler, the littler, lesser-known name guys right now and save the big boys for later. I'm picking Bell. I, I think I'm going to pick Bell. I think I'm pretty solid with that pick. I'm doing a little bit of research based off last in his Xfinity. He, he, it's a pretty solid pick. Yes, right. but everyone who watched this last week saw you go, I'm going to pick Kyle Busch, and then today you're like, I'm going to Michael McDowell. Yeah, Good I thing know. you did that. Good thing you did that. <laughs> well, sometimes the intuition, that gut feeling hits you, and you're like, you would have, mm-hmm. You would have used a big name and <laughs> wasted it. Lost. Yeah, That's exactly. okay. So. I almost changed my pick and messed up because for some reason I got Austin Cedric and Ross Chastain mixed up in my head. Oh yeah, no, I gotta see when Austin Cedric's gonna race another. It's, it's cup been series. a long, it's been a long week in Texas, so my brain hasn't been here. Yep. All right, that's some fantasy racing for you. We'll see how um everything goes next week.
And let's move on to uh, one of our last segments, iRacing. I need some money. Very expensive segment. And I need it right now. Probably why I don't need yeah, this. I need some money. <laughs> I bought a $300 laptop for podcasting, and <laughs> I can't even do anything behind me because I don't have a green screen. My computer's not set up. To do anything without a green screen, so that tells you how cheap I am. I, I have a green screen. Just my actual pedals. <laughs> well, we we talked a little bit about what are the requirements for a computer, you know, from beginner to mid grade to how much you can spend in high end, which pretty much you're looking anywhere from eight hundred to thousands of dollars in in that yep. range. But um, and then we're gonna cover today go over steering wheels, something that uh, Justin White knows a lot about. I know a little bit about as well. Because um, I had to do a lot of research because I'm just starting out in iRacing. So. Yeah, you got, you got, I'm going to try to keep it simple this way. You got, basically, you have three. Hey, go ahead. Can I, I just want to ask one question. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, Henrich, have you even done a single race yet? Mm, I've, I've done practices and I've done this thing where I can ghost race, meaning that other people yep. are racing and I'm just seeing if I can stay on the track with them. Yep. He's he's actually playing the smart method. I actually just jumped right in. I just I've been doing con- I was on the console for years. How, so how's that matter. going for you? Uh, I I have some work to do, but um, it's it, it's been it, fun. It's like real life. I mean, you got cold tires, cold brakes. It's you've got to, you got a lot you got to store in, in in your in your mind and keep like a little checklist going on. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just really curious how he was progressing with his eye racing. Please continue well, yeah, with the it, wheels. It's definitely something that's going to take some work. So and I'll, I'll get a real yep. race in here. Soon, I just I just want to make sure I'm in a place where I'm not just gonna go run people off the track by accident. And... Yep. Well, make sure you let us know when it is. I'd love to watch you crash. I mean, race. <laughs> His first races will be in the rookie series, and he'll be racing the street stocks. And the basic principle of the street stocks is just get through the race without getting hit or running anybody over. Don't care if you finish dead last. First, just stay away from everybody and get your safety rating up. That's the best way to get out of the rookie class. We'll see. But we'll see how that goes. Moving to the steering wheels, you got three basic steering wheels. You have gear driven, belt, and direct drive. And I did that in that order because gear driven are your cheaper wheels. Your belt driven are your little immediate, you know, expensive. And then you got drag drives, and those are one to one. And those will rip your thumbs off, break your thumbs. You have to have emergency stop buttons to keep them things in case they take off on you one day. Um, those those are a thousand dollars plus for a for a direct drive wheel. But if you're starting off, you know you can pick. I mean, you can you know have wheels with force feedback, without force feedback. I say you need to get a wheel with force feedback. I immediately started with gear driven. You know, Logitech G27, I think, or G25 is what I started with. Yep, um, and then they also the Logitech G920. Depending, yep. one's a Xbox, one's a PlayStation version, but you can use them both on the computer, and that's yep, your gear driven. But we're talking yep. about like two fifty to three hundred bucks, and that includes pedals too. So that's good for beginners. That's good. Uh, your pedal set is much to be left desired on those because the steering wheel won't make you faster. The pedals will. The pedals will make you much faster. Um, you know, you got load. You can put load cells and pedals. But um, like I said, I've got a T three hundred Thrustmaster with uh, the T three PA Pro pedals with a load cell in them and actually a uh, uh, an H pattern shifter. It's all Thrustmaster. It's all belt driven. Um, I think I spent close to eight hundred, eight, nine hundred dollars and everything together. So I mean, it, it's it, but I started on the gear-driven two hundred dollars system, and then I finally worked my way up as 
I got better with racing and wanted more feel, wanted more feedback because you don't get that butt, butt of the seat of the butt, you know, butt seat, what do you want to call it? Feeling you know, like when you're driving a car, you can feel when your tires are turning and things like that. You don't get that feeling. So you have to get it all through the, through the steering wheel. So you want something that's going to give you good force feedback, good, you know, good input. Um, but you don't want to spend a bunch of money. Don't go out and spend a thousand dollars on direct drive to see if you like iRacing. Start low, start with a hundred, two hundred dollar wheel, see if you like it, because you can always sell it for roughly the same amount of money. But um direct drive is if you really want to get serious, and that's probably my next step is direct drive. Um I'll get there. Um, you know, because that that's when you can get the full size racing wheels. You can get the full, you know. 16 to 20 inch racing wheel like they actually have in the and the re and the actual nascar you know the cars they race now and that's when you can really crank down on it but you have to have a good stable system i mean it literally is a gearbox that would be in your normal car and they just put in a last little neat little box so hmm. um if you got any questions just hit you know me or justin hendrich will help you walk you know walk through picking up a steering wheel but you're, you're starting best out bet, your best best ask justin white Start out, start out small. See if you like it. If you don't, move up. But don't, don't go and buy like an old, you know, T eight T eighty steering wheel. Give something a little bit, you know, like a T one fifty Thrustmaster or a G twenty seven G twenty nine. Um, move up one, and you know that's a good starting spot. Don't don't go buy the one off the shelf in GameStop for sixty bucks. That's not going to give you the best start for eye racing. You that's going to make you frustrated and mad, and you're going to yeah. throw it in the corner. I agree. I did a lot of research, and I ended up going with the Thrustmaster T300. What was that, like four, 450 bucks, I think? And then I did yeah. buy the shifter separate as well. But the reason I went with it is just because the belt-drivens are they're just smoother and they're quieter, which for me makes a difference because um, I live in a duplex, and my room is next to the neighbors, and if I race at night, the belt-driven one is quiet as can be. I hear the gear-driven ones sometimes make a little bit of noise. They clack. They, you know, they're plastic. They're not metal gear, so you can crank on it too hard and break it. Um, there's a number of things. Belt-driven is all is mostly metal except for that rubber, you know, your plastic casing and that rubber belt. So, um, it'll it feels... actually, if you get it turned up enough, it'll actually reach around and snap your fingers. I mean, there. But those those, wow. those direct drives. That's the only thing can making me think about direct drive is it'll actually break fingers. <laughs> I've seen them. Wait, so. That's the only reason you want to get it is because you want to break your fingers. No, because I don't want to break. My <laughs> okay, fingers. I don't want to break my fingers. Do not want to. Break I'm gonna say fingers. I'm happy with the T300. I mean, I have a lot to learn, obviously, but um, I've had this T300 for almost eight years now, and it's a solid piece. I mean, yep. You know, just keep keep it cool. Keep your, you know keep the fan running on it, and you won't have an issue. Yep. So that, that's definitely a good solid wheel. But yeah, for beginners out there, I would definitely either do the Logitech, um, you know, G920. And that's the or most similar. current G920. You can call it to get a G27 or a G25 you know, for really, really cheap right now. Um, and those are still good solid wheels to get started on. Yep. Or if you have a little more money to spend, go Thrustmaster T300. I think those are good ones to start yep. with. And then Don't, that, Do not get the T500 thinking it's better than the T300 because the T300 come out after the T500. Yep. But that way, you know, you can kind of get yourself in there. I wouldn't spend top of the line everything until you know you like iRacing, unless you're like super loaded and rich. And then, you know what? Go for it. <laughs> I, I I think I'll just stick to playing uh, NASCAR Heat on the PS4, PS5. Hey, that works too. Yeah. You can get steering hey, wheels for those. If you want to try even. sim racing, you can buy a PS3, PS4, PS5 and actually get online and race with these guys. The software is not as, as, as good as iRacing. iRacing actually puts you in the seat. So. You know, I'm not going to lie, I tried it once, and I had three people 
crashed me on the first lap, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> no. Now, if you're close to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, you got they do have iRacing in those bigger cars with actually a direct drive wheel that runs it, which is really neat. You can go in there and run a direct drive wheel if you want to try a direct drive wheel before you buy it. I thought it was really interesting to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, which us three need to make a trip over there. That is a neat place to go. Oh, yeah. We'll get there eventually, so... But all right. Maybe when we come we become bigger and you know, maybe next year. Dogecoin goes up to like five dollars a coin. <laughs> I need to get off of the five cent slide that it's going on. Yeah, man. I think it'll be a while before it gets that high, but all right. Well that covers a little bit of eye racing. And with that, let's go into our closing words. All right. So we'll uh, start down in good old Texas. So, Josh, what was your your favorite parts of racing this week? Honestly, I loved watching both the ending of the truck series and the Xfinity series and how they had to go into multiple overtimes because people were just going after that win. And you see people going through the grass and stuff like that. I just I like seeing people try to try to win, you know. If you ain't first, you're last. (laughs) That trademark by Ricky Bobby. Yep. All right. Justin, what about you? Um, biggest thing in racing, I got to say is, is find something you like out of it. Find your favorite driver and just watch them and learn from them. You know, find something that clicks with you because they have all types of personalities in racing. So, you know, mine for years was Dale Hart Jr. He's laid back type of guy, cared about people. Come, come to find out there was a story about him during the 2009 uh, economy crash. He said, told Rick Hendrick to take a million dollars of his own salary to pay the guys in the shop to make sure they could put food on the table. Don't cut their salaries. Let them stay where they're at. You know, that's my type of personality. That's the type type of people I want to be associated with you know, or even, even root on because those are the type of guys that are, you know, they just fit my lifestyle. So um, find somebody, do some research on them. You know, even if you pick crybaby Bush, I'm not going to judge you. At least we'll have something to argue about. You know, <laughs> I, I think I might reopen my favorite driver after the last two weeks of interviews. I, I, I've liked Chase Elliott, but just yep. listening to his interviews the last two weeks, he's kind of whined and cried and yes. complained and came up with excuses. Unlike other people like last week, uh, I believe it was Joey Logano. Where, if I couldn't win, I'm just really happy Michael McDowell won. That was pretty or, cool. <laughs> or I believe that I can't remember who it was tonight, but I was like, well, since I didn't win, I was really happy Christopher Bell won. He's a good guy. You know, I like hearing that. You know, I like I like the camaraderie that they have as racers. I don't want to hear whining and complaining and. I'm, and, I'm, and he's, I mean, he's got a lot to learn. He's, he's a young and he's 25. You know, Joey Logano is what, 30, 35 now or 30. Other way, he's somewhere in the thirties. I think but still there's a lot to learn. He's got a lot. I mean, I figured his dad would have instilled a lot of that into him. So, I mean, my, my driver, I like, I like Chase Elliott, but I, I'm Kyle Larson because he made a mess up, made a mistake. He's still down the earth. Still, he, still cool, cool cat. I think, I think he fits. I mean, he's just, he fits who I like. So I like Kyle Larson a lot. I like Ryan Blaney. Yeah, he, he's definitely down to earth. You cool. guys know. But you got to remember, what you see on the TV is not what these guys always do. You know, Because think about it. Think about coming out of a competition and having a microphone shoved right in your face. What did you think about that last lap pass? I was trying to win. What do you expect? They ask some of the dumbest questions as, as being broadcasters. It's stupid. Why do you ask those tough questions? Like your car got loose at a turn four. How did that make you feel? Um, out of control and loose. I mean, it's obvious. The, <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes the broadcasters don't do very, or sometimes let things slip as well. Like there was one time last week in the Daytona 500. I can't remember who said it, but they're like, 
Denny Hamlin's really good at pulling out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay then. I remember sure. that. Yeah, so I mean, these guys don't pick my, the best questions. My son looked at me and goes, "Did he really just say Denny Hamlin's good at pulling out?" I go, "Yeah, unfortunately, he did." Uh, that was probably Clint Boyer. I think it was Clint Boyer. <laughs> he probably did it on Clint purpose. Boyer does not. Clint Boyer does not have a filter boy. He, it, he, it he gets funny, fired though. up. It's funny. Oh, it was funny. I'll give him that. Yep. All right. Let's see. My favorite parts. Um, although the fin. The finishes of all three races I thought were amazing. Even though the cup didn't go into overtime, they had that caution late enough that I, I thought it was really, really fun to see Christopher Bell fight Joey Logano in the, what, second to last lap? He finally made it past him. And then Xfinity had a great finish, and I thought the trucks with the triple overtime probably was the most exciting finish. So Especially I just thought the rain. great finishes with all three races. I also really enjoyed listening and on the NASCAR app to some of the radios. Um, Haley Deegans was probably my favorite just because they were kind of coaching her along, so I learned some stuff too. And um, I'm about to sign back up for that this year. It's like twenty nine ninety nine. It's totally worth it. E- even though I really like, I really like the broadcast they had on Fox Sports One for the for the Xfinity series because now I want some peanut butter crackers. Uh, <laughs> so the only the only thing is it's uh, as I stream mine on Roku, so I'm a little bit behind. So I know it's going to happen. I'm like 30 seconds ahead when I'm listening. They're like, yeah. caution, caution. I'm like, ooh, there's going to be something happening in 30 seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I stream off the Roku as well. So like last year, I was listening to Chase Elliott's when they won the championship. And he was like, yeah, we won. Woo. And I was still like three laps to go. I was like, well, I guess I know. Who this race. <laughs> yep. But it's still just fun. It's worth it. I like listening to their strategies and all that. So, um, yeah, it was another really good week, week of racing. Hopefully this year we can get to a little bit of normalcy. And when we do go to the race, either in Bristol or Phoenix or, uh, road of America, we can actually maybe meet some of these guys and see what they're like in real life. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. With that, uh, thank you for joining us here at the I Want to Go Fast Racing podcast. Please like and follow our Facebook page at the I Want to Go Racing podcast. You can oh, yeah. Thanks for messing that up <laughs> this week, by the way. Yeah. It's all good. I don't know what you're talking about. You can read well, before he gets too much further. I'm racing here in about 15, 20 minutes. BeardedKiltRacing.com. Ah, there we go. BeardedKiltRacing. The I Want to Go Fast Facing podcast, as you had it. Yeah. The... <laughs> Yeah, that's another story for another time. You can also reach us on Twitter at GoFastPodcast and by email at GoFastRacingPodcast.outlook.com. I'm also like our YouTube at the Want to Go Fast Racing Podcast and subscribe. And please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast app of your choice, like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, um, which we're currently making our way onto those. There's an approval process that takes a few days, but... We'll be appearing at all those. And uh, please tell your friends, your family, loved ones, and fellow race enthusiasts to check out the I Want to Go Fast Racing Podcast. Uh, Stay on that lead lap. Yep. Remember, stay on the lead lap. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their morning, day, or night whenever you listen to this. Don't go through the grass when it's wet.